the real part is that if you're visiting here, you, you may not know what this place is like. Can I tell you what I've found? I've been here a while now. I feel like I've become part. But the first day I came here, I felt love. That's the truth. And that's not changed. Uh, you know who you are. My family's been through a really tough time the last several months. Mainly because on the count of me and my situation. So, you know who you are. You've prayed for me. You not only said it, you did it. You walked it out. I want to say thank you. Each and every one of you know who you are. Each and every one of you has really, really been an encouragement to us. And I want you to know that. And I'm not going to go much further because you don't want to see me just get all snotty and blubbery, so we're going to move on. But uh, thank, thank you. Thank you. It's so wonderful to be in a place where you know you're loved. Isn't it? Now, see, I kind of got this thing of I won't be anywhere I'm not wanted any longer than it takes me to leave. That's just, that's just kind of how I am. And I like that. I think that makes sense. And so if you don't feel wanted here, you hadn't, you hadn't been here quite long enough. Okay? you don't feel wanted here, you better check up on your own thinking. Let's go, let's go into the Word of God. And I want to prove some of these things to you. We're going to talk about today the Lord Jesus Christ. And for just a moment, before we begin, I want you to just lift your hands. I don't care if you're comfortable with it or not. Just lift your hands. And I want you just to repeat with me what Justin started song. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed me with every heavenly blessing in Christ Jesus. Now, you can find that in Ephesians 1, 3 if you want to look it up. I want, to see, I want you to see that you are blessed. I'm going to start in Isaiah. And I'm going to start in chapter 59. And I want you to see not only how you're blessed in Christ, but that it was prophesied that you would be such blessed beyond what you can think or imagine. 
Let's start in uh, chapter 59 and verse 21. I'm reading out of the Berkeley version. It's a little different, but it sounds kind of King Jamesy, so I think you'll be comfortable with it. Uh, As for me, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord, my spirit which is upon you, my words which I have put in your mouth, shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your children, nor from the mouth of your grandchildren, says the Lord, from now onward, even forever. What a promise. Praise His holy name. That's who you are. Now, how many of you are grandchildren in here? Yeah. All right. How many of you are children in here? How many of you are parents in here? Well, we narrowed it down just a little when we done that. But it's you he's talking about, okay? It's you he's talking about. And because of this, we, we slip over into Isaiah chapter 60. I want you to remember with me that the chapter breaks are not inspired. Okay, that's just to help us find things. In other words, the Holy Spirit didn't give us chapter breaks. He gave us the Word. Okay? So I want you to continue in this thought. Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and dark cloud the nations. But the Lord shall arise over you. His glory shall be seen upon you. Nations shall walk in your light and kings in your dawning radiance. Lift up your eyes uh, round about and see. They are all assembling themselves and coming to you. Your sons are coming from afar and your daughters are carried to you on the hip. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your hearts will be filled with awe and swell with joy because the riches of the sea shall be turned to you and the wealth of the nations shall come to you. And I want you to skip on down with me to verse 7. And the flocks of Kedar shall be gathered to you The rams of Naboth shall be ministered to you. They shall come up with acceptance upon my altar. And my glorious house shall be glorified. Know ye not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. You shall be glorified. On down to verse 15. Instead of you being forsaken and hated with no one passing through you, I will make you an everlasting majesty, a joy for many generations. You shall drink the milk of the nations and drain the wealth of kings. Then you shall know I am the Lord, your Savior, and your Redeemer is the Mighty One of Jacob. 
You shall call your walls salvation. Verse 18. And your city gates thanksgiving. No more shall the sun be your light by day, nor the moon give light for brightness at night. But the Lord shall be your everlasting light. Your God, your glory. Your sun shall never set. And your moon shall never wane. For the Lord shall be your everlasting light. And your days of mourning shall be ended. Glory to God. Now, hey, y'all, he's talking to people that was under the old covenant. Did you hear what I said? Glory to God. Now, we're not done. No, no, we're not done. Let's go into the next chapter in Isaiah 61. I want you to turn there with me because I want you to see this for yourself. Now, we use this in an encounter, so a lot of you have already read some of this, and you think, well, you know, I know that stuff by heart. Come to it with an open mind, okay? Listen to what it says. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the humble. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those that are bound. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn, to settle the mourners in Zion, giving them a laurel wreath instead of ashes. You know what a laurel wreath is? It means you won. You're the winner. That's what that means, okay? Instead of ashes, which we know is all the goods been burned out of it, right? The oil of joy instead of mourning. The mantle of praise instead of the spirit of heaviness. So that they may be called oaks of righteousness, planted by the Lord to glorify Himself. Did you know that you are an oak of righteousness? Now, there are not a lot of oak trees in this part of the world, okay? There are a few, but there are not a lot. Can I give you a lesson from the woods? Since you people are not woods people, not most of you. Oak is the choicest. It's the finest. It's the strongest of all wood. Everybody loves oak. Why? Because of just what I told you. It's beautiful. And the oak stands when all the other trees are blown over in the hurricane. The oak is standing. The trees that you see left in Katrina that were still standing, they were oaks. Does that give you a clue what our God's trying to tell us? 
Move with me down to verse 10 in Isaiah 61. And it says, I will greatly exalt the Lord, and my soul shall rejoice in my God. For he has clothed me with robes of salvation. He has covered me with a mantle of righteousness. As a bridegroom adjusts his priest-like crown, as a bride adorns herself with jewels, for as earth brings forth its shoots, as a garden makes its plants grow, so the Lord God shall cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. He's talking about you. He's talking about you. See, God's like that. He likes to talk about you. He's, he's kind of narrow-minded. He likes his kids. You know, I know there's people that don't like their kids. Y'all have to explain that to me. I'm sorry. I don't get that. Something's warped when you don't like your kid. I ain't talking about when they're misbehaving. I'm, I'm talking about when they're just kids, you know. I'm not talking about when they've got on that very last nerve that you thought you had and are, you know, jumping up and down on it. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when they're kids and it's just love. The Word tells us that the greatest is love. Faith, hope, and the greatest is love. You know... As I begin to receive this sermon from the Lord, it, he, he's, uh, he has to be real simple with me, okay? I have to have things kind of simple. And he says, hook up some words with my name and see what happens. So he gave me this. Has been made. Christ has been made. Put it in your little search engine and see what you get. You won't get anything. But take each one of those words and hook it to Christ and see what you get. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share these scriptures with you today. And I want you to realize that most of this that I'm going to share with you is past tense. In other words, it's already been done. You are already this that I'm going to share with you. Okay? Now, we say we preach our experiences and not Christ. I've heard that. Well, can I let you in on a little clue? Since you're His body, how are you going to experience anything apart from Him? It ain't going to happen. Come on, let's don't be slow here. God didn't give us this thing up here just to keep our ears apart. He gave it to us so we could have a little grasp of what He's done for us. So, let's begin. And I'm going to begin in the done or the past. Christ made. Okay? And the Greek there is genomi. 
It means to present forth, to show forth, to say, to be, okay? To be is, is how the language structure works in most of these scriptures. And I want to share those with you. Acts 2.36, and I'm going to go right down through these, so if you want to follow along, you're going to turn a lot in your Bible, but that's okay if you want to do that. Therefore, all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus, whom you've crucified, both Lord and Christ. It's done. He is Lord and Christ. Now, I'm going to hop over to Romans 8, too. Now, I'm just staying in the New Testament. We don't have time for all this out of the Old Testament, so we're just going to stay in the New Testament. For the law, Romans 8, 2, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. The way he gave this stuff to me, you could read it. It just flows. Romans 15, 8. Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises unto the Father. He confirmed His promises. In Christ, all the promises are fulfilled. The Abrahamic covenant is fulfilled in Christ. 1 Corinthians 1.30 But of Him are ye in Christ Jesus who of God is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. First Corinthians fifteen twenty two, For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. You're alive in Christ. 2 Corinthians 4.11 For we which live are already delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. The life of Jesus is made manifest in your mortal flesh. It's already done. Already done. Past tense. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect. Strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Now, that's a tough one. If you're here with an infirmity, you know that that's a mighty tough place to be. It's not fun. But his strength is made perfect in that. Galatians 3.13 Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law having been made a curse for us. For cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. He was made a curse for us. You are delivered from the curse because He was made a curse for you. 
It's past. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. You are already free. And be not entangled again in the yoke of bondage. Ephesians 2, 6. And hath raised us up together and made us to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It's done. It's already done. Ephesians 2.13 But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off, are made nigh, you are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Colossians 2.11 In whom also ye are circumcised with a circumcision not made without hands and the putting off the body of the sins of flesh by the circumcision of Christ. It's done. You can't circumcise yourself. Go ahead and mutilate yourself. Paul said go ahead and cut the whole business off. Throw it away. It won't help you. Second Timothy 1.9 who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. Hey, y'all, can I take you to uh, English class for just a minute? E.D. saved and called E.D. with a holy calling. You know, when I was taught English in the South, that meant it was past. It already happened. It's over. So you've been saved and you've been called with a holy calling. And His own purpose and grace which was given us. Given means it's already been done. It's given to you. He's not going to give. He's given us in Christ Jesus. When? Before the world began. Before the world began you were chosen. You think you uh, just stumble up on stuff. You think because your family has a few fights and y'all holler and scream at one another once in a while and you don't have quite enough money at the end of the month or there's a little more month than there is money that you're forgotten. Who's telling you that? Who says you're forgotten? Where are you getting that stuff? The liar's telling you that. Because he says he chose you before the foundation of the world. Right there, before the world began. So if he chose you then, do you think he chose you to humiliate you? How many of you take your children out in the street and jerk down their pants so you can humiliate them in front of the neighbors. Huh? I see every hand went up in here. None of you have ever even thought of such a thing. Neither has God. He's not trying to humiliate you. He's already done all these wonderful things. They're done. Second Timothy 1.10 But is now made manifest 
What is now made manifest? The glory of Christ. By the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death. What has He done? He abolished death. Death has no more sway over you. And hath brought life and mortality to light through the gospel. What is the gospel? It's good news. What am I telling you? I hope it's good news to you. Because if it's not, we're going to have to change your thinking. Because you've got some really serious thinking, thinking. If you don't know this is good news. Now, I want to ask you a question. He says in Hebrews 3.14, For we are now... No, it doesn't say that. It says, For we are made partakers of Christ. If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast until the end. I asked you a question. When was that done? Your only confidence is in Christ. And He chose you before the foundation of the world as we saw in 2 Timothy. Are you starting to get the picture? I hope you're starting to get a little snapshot of what it means to be in Christ. Okay, But we turn to Hebrews 7.22 and he says, By so much was Jesus made a surety or a guarantee of a better testament. Now you remember what we read in Isaiah 59 and 60 and 61? Jesus is a surety of a better covenant than the old. Now, I don't know about you, but that old covenant sounded pretty good to me. Pretty good. Now, I could just keep on going and just hammering these scriptures on you, and I'm going to for a little bit. But I want you to see they have a purpose. Their purpose is to let you know that you are loved with a boundless love. And that occurred long before any of us were ever thought of in this world. Everything is planned for you. All the good is put together for you. And the scripture tells us that real plainly. Is it any wonder that when people want to deceive that this is the first thing they want to take away? Is there any wonder of that? We'll see a few more scriptures. Now I want to jump back to the gospels with you in Mark 9.41. For whosoever shall give you a cup of water to drink in my name. Because ye belong to Christ. Verily I say unto you, he shall not lose his reward. You won't lose your reward because you belong to Christ. And you say, well, you seem to be hopping around a lot, going everywhere and all that stuff. Are you beginning to see the theme that everything is in Christ? Everything is about him 
because we are Him in His body. Now, He is the head. Don't, don't, you miss head. don't you leave here and tell people that I said that we are Christ and that we're, we've replaced Jesus and all that stuff. Don't you go tell people that. He is the head of the church. There is no doubt of that. It tells us that very plainly. What I'm telling you is, you are not another. You are His body. You are parts of His body. Okay. And Romans 8.10 says, And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Well, where do you get your righteousness? Christ. Okay. 2 Corinthians 5.14, For the love of Christ holds us together, constrains us, because we thus judge, that if one died for all, then all were dead. So, in other words, you're dead to the old stuff. You've heard the old man, new man in, in this place until you probably can do it in your sleep. But it's important. The old man is not part of us any longer. And I'm not going to get into that. I kind of wanted to preach that, and the Holy Spirit wouldn't let me go there. But it's... You, look, you read the second chapter of Colossians for yourself, and then you tell me, okay? Read it for yourself. Anyway, 1 Peter 2.21, For even hereunto ye are called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps. Who suffered for us? What did we get because he suffered for us? A chance to follow in his steps. Have you ever tried to love with a boundless love? Where it didn't make any difference what other people did? First John 5, 6. This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. So we see two things in Christ. We see that he is love, and we see that he is truth. Can I tell you something? Without truth... Your pants are going to fall down. Because he says, the word of God is the belt of truth in Ephesians 6. Take your belt off. If you're like me, you got on comfortable pants today. Take your belt off and throw it to the side and see what happens. You're going to be exposed. And once you're exposed you'll find out how much love and truth is around you. And if those around you are exposing love and truth and it's embarrassing you, what is that telling you about your thinking? What is that telling me about my thinking? 
because of Christ, we can know love and truth. Now, I could go into he has all these things, and we could be here for at least two more hours. I've got the scriptures if you want to have a copy of them. be glad to furnish them for you. But I want you to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are loved with a boundless love. There is no limit to it. You know, the one thing that, that just still blows my mind about Christ, about Jesus and what he's done, it's one thing for me to say, okay, I give myself. I give myself to whatever. But it's another thing for me to give my son. I want to ask you what more could you want? The wisdom of the Father, the love of the Son, and the power of the Spirit have all been given to you without measure. And yet we go around whining about, well, I ain't got this. And it ain't rain for three months. And it ain't this, and it is that, and all that. Can we turn our eyes on Jesus? Can we turn our eyes on him for just a moment? And can we see? I, I want you to just, just really close your eyes. And I want you to try to picture the Christ as you know him. What picture comes to your mind? What picture comes to your mind? Some of us will picture him as a babe in a manger. Some of us will picture him as the suffering servant. Some of us will picture him on a crucifix. Some of us will picture him in a tomb. Some will picture him as risen. Some will picture him as ascended. And hopefully, some of us will picture him as the glorified God of the universe because that's who he is. I want to share something with you to conclude our time. And uh, I found this very, very wonderful. As he is, so are we in this world. Now, how is he? For in the ascension, we see the exaltation of Jesus instead of a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief or sickness. We see the living, triumphant, exultant Son of God 
ascending to the throne of God, receiving from God the Father what Jesus and the Father considered worthy of the suffering and death and sacrifice and redemption of Jesus Christ. A reward so great that Jesus himself considered it worth all his sufferings, all his buffetings, his earth career, his humiliation, his sacrifice and death, all to obtain it, the gift of the Holy Spirit. The other night, as I lay in bed, I was thinking and praying over some of the things that were passing through my mind concerning Jesus. The scripture of Revelation 1.18 came with new force to me, where Jesus is not a humiliated Savior, but as the kingly conqueror stands forth and with marvelous decoration says, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. There is no place in the Word of God where there's more triumph. There is no place where there's more import in the Word of God than to let you know that death has been defeated. As he is, not as he was, John said, so are we in this world. Not in the life to come. The glory is not for the life that is coming, but for the life that is now. The victory is not for the future. It is for the now. It is not for the good days by and by. It is for the now. Not for heaven to come, but for heaven on earth now. Sin, sickness, death under his feet. Hell taken captive and obedient to his word. Every enemy of mankind throttled, bound, and chained by the Son of the living God. Mankind joined with him by the Holy Ghost in living triumph. Why, if I receive the Spirit of Jesus Christ, of the Christ who is, I receive the Spirit of victory and power and might and dominion, of grace, of love, of power. Blessed be God. Jesus is now the conscious master. All these things he gives to the Christian through imparting to him the Holy Ghost. Can I, can I ask you something here today? Do you have that consciousness of victory in your life? In spite of the circumstances. I can tell you, circumstances just hadn't been all that wonderful at our household. That's just the truth. Most of you know that. But can I tell you that the consciousness of victory in Christ has been raised to a level that I cannot explain to you. Why I'm not a blubbering idiot standing before you right now, and some of you may think I am, but um, it's because of the Spirit of Christ. I know, regardless of circumstances, that that victory is mine. 
It's been given. It's been given to me before the foundation of the world. And in the Holy Ghost, I not only have Christ, I have Big Daddy too. I want you to think about this just for a second. Christ the Son comes to earth, and He does it perfectly. He did not miss one thing. The work was completely complete and perfectly perfect. And He ascends to heaven, and Father God says, Son, it's yours. You've won it. You rule the universe. And he says, Dad, I just want one thing. He said, what's that? He says, I want to get to direct the Holy Spirit. He's your son. The first thing he did, because he loved us so much, was come to the balcony of heaven and say, Y'all look out. Here he comes. Ten days after he ascended, the Holy Spirit had marching orders not only to come to earth and get on people, but to get in us. And we are now the temple of the Holy Ghost. You are now the Holy of Holies. The light and the glory belong to you. Even though it's housed in these earthen vessels. What I'm telling you is that you're God with skin on. You're God with skin on. How you think and the way you walk is completely up to you. Because it's been given. And it's been given forever. And ever. And ever. Now I want to tell you something. If you hadn't had a dose of the ghost lately, I want you to come to the front. And I want those of you who feel like you're full to overflow. I want you to get around those people that need that dose. And I want you to fill them. Because you've been given that right, and so have I. By Christ Jesus, there is nothing. He said very simply to the apostles, With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So if you need that possibility... If you need that conscious victory, I want you to come here. And there will be someone to pray with you. There will be someone to lift you up and your needs. And that's available to you right now. Because I'm done. That's all the Lord gave me and I'm about time for me to close my mouth. Except for this. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for making me part of your body. 
Thank you for making me loved. Thank you for showing me the truth. And Lord, we give you praise forever and ever. For you are worthy. In Jesus' name, amen.